Welcome to the book reading program of 3ABN Australia Radio. Does your faith need a boost? Do you think that miracles only happened in Bible times? Think again. Compiled by Remnant Publications, the book Get Ready for a Miracle recounts true stories that prove that when we step out in faith, God displays His power in undeniable ways. Here is our reader, Koval Smith. This story is entitled, God's Long Range Plan. Revelation 14 verse 12 says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. When I was a young engineer, a few years out of college, my wife and I decided to get out of the older home we were living in and build our first home. The move raised our household expenses significantly, but I was making pretty good money in an automotive plant as a supervisor of skilled tradesmen. One day at work, a friend and fellow supervisor who worked on second shift informed me of a startling conversation he had overheard. My boss had made a bet with another manager that he could get rid of me. My manager had actually bragged about all the minorities he had gotten rid of. He named one man who was East Indian and another who was Arabic. Then he said he would get rid of me as well. I couldn't believe it, my friend told me. You need to watch your back. As you might imagine, working for a boss like mine wasn't a pleasant experience anyway. So I had been praying that the Lord would put me in a better place. I prayed that prayer every single day for an entire year. Although I normally feel as if I can hear God responding to me, in this case I heard absolutely nothing. All I could do was tell myself, well, he must want me to wait. But I was going on my second year of these prayers and I was starting to get discouraged. Not long after this, I received an award for my contributions as a young professional. My achievement was written up in our company paper. The article also mentioned that I was part of a special leadership development program in which younger workers were assigned an executive sponsor to groom us for leadership in the company. When the other manager who was involved in the bet read this, he came to my manager laughing. You can't touch this kid because he's part of the special leadership program, he said. You might as well pay me now. I have one more trick up my sleeve and I'm going to pull it tonight, my manager retorted. Put your hands back in your pocket. I'm not paying up yet. My friend on the second shift heard this conversation too and shared it with me. My friend was a committed Christian, a minister at the Church of God in Christ. He and I talked religion all the time. I don't know what's going to happen tonight, he said, but you're going to have to be strong. That night, my boss came to me and said, I want you to report to work this Friday night. He knew that I didn't work Friday night. I was on third shift and I worked six nights a week. But he had found out that I was a Seventh-day Adventist 
and this became his weapon of choice to use against me. I can't do that, I said. My previous boss agreed that I could have Sabbaths off. Those were the terms under which I took this assignment. You didn't make that deal with me, you made it with somebody else, my manager said. That deal doesn't transfer to me. I want you here this Friday night. I can't do that, I repeated. I have a religious obligation. Either you show up or I will start a disciplinary action against you, my boss threatened. I immediately went to Human Resources to report the problem, explaining that it was my religious right to observe the Sabbath. We will look for another place in the company where the Sabbath won't be an issue, the HR staff told me. Can't you say something to my boss about this Friday night, I asked. No, they replied, because your department operates around the clock. We require your boss to work seven days a week. How can we ask him to do a job and tell him he can't use the tools in his toolkit? But what if this guy fires me before you find another position, I protested. Mr Dent, they said, that's the process you will have to endure. If that happens, we will not be out of order because we will have been in the process of trying to accommodate you. That really took the winds out of my sails. I thought of the text in Revelation about the patience of the saints. I knew the Bible says that he who endures to the end will be saved, Matthew 24, 13. I determined to remain faithful as I endured this trial. That night, the Lord and I had a heart-to-heart -heart talk. Lord, I said, you know I am not enjoying this assignment. I have been praying about it every day for more than a year, and at my lowest point, you have allowed this totally unrelated issue to become another burden for me. And the ironic thing is that this problem has come up because I'm trying to be faithful to you. I was very upset with the Lord that night, but the Lord, just as he had for the past year and a half, said absolutely nothing. I called my father, who has always been a spiritual rock for me, and told him what was going on. Hey, listen, son, don't worry about that, my father said. It's already worked out. What do you mean, Dad? I asked. Well, when you chose your field and your industry, your mother and I knew that the Sabbath would come up. We prayed about it years ago, and the Lord told us it would be okay. So, have a happy Sabbath. That Friday night, I didn't go to work. On Sabbath... We had some friends over for lunch after church. During the meal, I got a call from my boss. I had been doing pretty well after my conversation with my father, but when my boss called, I got nervous again. I thought he was calling to tell me he was going to fire me. Sitting there in my new home, looking at my two small sons, and at all the things I would lose if this man pushed that button, my heart grew heavy. But my manager didn't mention anything about firing me. The first thing he said was, I need extra help tonight. I need you to come in early. Uh, how early do you need me, I asked. Normally I went in around 10pm. 
As early as you can get in here, he said. Well, let me see what time sunset is, I replied. He didn't react, so I checked my sunset table. It was winter time, so the sun set early around five. So I told him that I could be on the job by six. Okay, he said. His voice was the most pleasant I had ever heard in my whole time knowing him, which really threw me off. As he was about to hang up, I said, Wait a minute. Do we have an issue about last night because I didn't come to work? You know, a very strange thing happened last night, he said slowly. Our main computer centre went down. The centre that processes all the orders from dealers. It is not sending any orders to any plant throughout the Midwest. Every single plant is idled. I wouldn't have a case to try to discipline a guy for not coming in when we had to send everybody home. I started to get goosebumps. At what time did this happen? I asked. About five, he said. Looking at my sunset table, I thought, wow, this is amazing. The Lord idled all the operations throughout the Midwest for this big three auto company right at sunset? Are you up and running now, I asked, or am I going to get there and have nothing to do? No, we're not up and running, he exclaimed. Nobody knows what happened. All our greatest IT minds have never seen anything like this. They're just poking around, trying to fix it. Then why are you bringing us in? The company is losing $25,000 to $30,000 a minute for every vehicle line that's not running. Our losses are so great that the company has said that every shift must stand fully manned and ready so that when the system comes back up, we can go into overdrive. I assured my boss that I would be there at six Saturday night. When I arrived at work, the line was running. My friend from second shift, who knew the trouble my boss had given me about the Sabbath, came up to me. What time did the line get going? I asked him. About five, he said. Wow, I exclaimed. We went down at five on Friday night and we came back at five on Saturday night. That's basically sunset to sunset. My minister friend, who would never deny that Saturday is the Sabbath, even though he maintained a different tradition, started laughing. It looks like we've been idled for the Sabbath, he said. When I shared this with my father, he also laughed and said, looks like the Lord made your whole company keep the Sabbath. I had survived the initial challenge, but I figured my boss was going to do the same thing again the next Friday night. Instead, I was shocked when he came to me and apologised. I am convinced that the Holy Spirit visited him because he was a completely different individual. Before, he had always been gruff, disrespectful, almost insulting, but now he was kind and respectful. He told me that in order to avoid looking like he was treating me differently than the other employees, he was going to begin offering my shift Saturday overtime pay, 
the highest hourly wage we could receive. As long as other people are willing to take that shift, and we both knew someone would always be willing to take it, then I won't require you to come in. I know HR is trying to transfer you, and this will give them enough time to work something out. When human resources came through, the transfer was even better than I could have imagined. I ended up getting a wonderful industrial engineering job in an all-new facility that would be building an all-new vehicle. The entire process had to be set up from scratch, from designing the way the job would be done to designing how the stations would be laid out. It is the stuff that industrial engineers' dreams are made of. The company was sending its best and finest to the new plant, and partly because of my Sabbath issue, I was one of those chosen. What's more, the CEO of the company said that no employee could leave this facility for two years after the launch of the new vehicle. When I landed in that new spot, the Lord spoke to me and said, You know that prayer you've been praying for a year and a half? I've been working on it all along, and your boss was just the tool in my toolkit. What amazes me is that there was probably only one single path for me out of that situation that would enable my prayer to be answered, and the Lord put all the right pieces in place. My experience became a witness and a testimony, not only to the people in my plant, but also to the people in HR who worked this out. However, the Lord wasn't finished with his plan. While I was at the new plant, I ran into one of my colleagues in the management development program whom I hadn't seen in a couple of years. He told me that he had been solicited to work at an automotive supplier. The job was too technical for me, he said, but it sounded like something you might enjoy, so I referred you to the company. It may have seemed like a chance occurrence, but I think it was a divine appointment. That automotive supplier ended up hiring me and the automotive company where I had previously worked became my customer. Because I knew the automaker so well, my career began to grow at an unprecedented rate in the second company. Because of my leadership role and my success in my new company, people began inquiring, why are you so blessed? I responded by saying, Let's get a Bible study group together at lunchtime and we'll start studying what it means to be blessed. That led to people accepting the Sabbath and all kinds of other witnessing opportunities. Sometimes, when we think the Lord is just working out our immediate situation, what he is really doing is working out a much longer-range plan for his purposes. I just wanted another job. I just wanted relief from my boss, but the Lord said, I want so much more than that. I am going to accomplish my purposes. And oh, by the way, I'm going to meet your immediate request, but I'm going to do it in my own way and in my own time. A reflection associated with this story comes from the book Education, page 253. 
Faith is trusting God, believing that he loves us and knows best what is for our good. Thus, instead of our own, it leads us to choose his way. In place of our ignorance, it accepts his wisdom. In place of our weakness, his strength. In place of our sinfulness, his righteousness. Our lives, ourselves, are already his. Faith acknowledges his ownership and accepts its blessing. Truth, uprightness, purity have been pointed out as secrets of life's success. It is faith that puts us in possession of these principles. God's long-range plan was written by Brandon Dent, a retired executive from General Motors who now works with a finance firm as Vice President for Wealth Management. His greatest passion is spreading the gospel. You've been listening to the book reading program by 3ABN Australia Radio, featuring Get Ready for a Miracle. For more information about this book, visit remnantpublications.com. Thank you.